0: Welcome to Boating Industry Insider, where we talk to executives, thought leaders, and movers and shakers from both inside and outside the marine industry. Now, here's your host, David G. Hello again, everyone. David G., host of Boating Industry Insider, welcoming you back. Thank you for joining us, and thank you to an illustrious trio of boating enthusiasts and specifically safe boating enthusiasts. We have Jim Emmons, the executive director of the Water Sports Foundation. We have longtime boating industry friend and contributor, Bill Jurgen, Correct Craft president and CEO. And a very successful boat dealer out of Orlando, Florida, Jeff Hughesby, who was well known, still is well known for Regal Nautique of Orlando, has since expanded his operation and is now president and CEO of Water Sports Central. So thank you, gentlemen, all for joining us. We're glad to have you here. Great to be
1: here, David. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Glad to be here. Jim, let's get things started off. Water Sports Foundation, uh, you have made it kind of your life's work these past few years uh at least you're you're a lifelong actually uh, a surfer before we knew that that surfing behind the boat was uh, was a thing taking an ocean board and 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 I've loved sharing boating stories with you over the the past few years that I've that I've known you let's talk about the Water Sports Foundation what it is that you do in general and then of course some of your specific roles in terms of what you do to increase the safety of boating for all of us.
2: Well, sure thing, David. Thanks again for having me on this podcast. The Water Sports Foundation was started in 2004 as sort of a subsidiary of the Water Sports Industry Association. And the main goal of the Water Sports Foundation was to be an educational arm. Uh, We sought uh, US Coast Guard assistance back in 2004 to um, distribute and promote recreational boating safety um, outreach materials. But we didn't really get involved with the Coast Guard until 2011. And since 2011, we have been a regular um, nonprofit grant recipient from the U.S. Coast Guard. Uh, now going on 11 years, uh, we're up to, in those 11 years, nearly $12 million that's been awarded to the Water Sports Foundation. We disperse that money out in a number of ways, primarily through the media. the um, the, uh, the whole premise behind what we do is... Is use media to um, to tell boaters to be safer. Wear your life jackets. Don't drink and drive. Use your engine cutoff switch. Uh, and then we also do the same thing in the trade media, which is what we're doing here with you in boating industry to reach out to boat dealers and boat manufacturers and you know even industry reps and and you know anyone that's in the boating business to uh, remind them to always. Share boating safety each and every time they have a consumer interaction, and that 's kind of what we 're all about
0: well, we appreciate those efforts and and we appreciate being able to uh to partner with you in in that endeavor you know the there was a kind of a, a silver silver lining for the recreational boating industry in terms of the global pandemic in the form of literally hundreds of thousands of new boaters who discovered that recreational boating with their families was a was a great and safe way to to recreate uh many of those not only new to just the idea of boat ownership, but uh lots of them really had no prior boating experience at all for any of you as a as a boat builder as a as a boat dealer uh someone involved in safety, how has this changed the dynamic of boating on the water at the launch ramps or have you seen or, or heard anything anecdotally that that the newbies have have impacted? boating and and boating safety uh what and then and then we'll talk about uh uh if there's any data on this but uh jeff and bill why don't you talk about uh what you've kind of seen and experienced through the through the eyes of a builder and a a dealer jeff
3: um this is jeff um as a dealer you know we see a lot of the the boat ramps, um a lot more boats being trailered than normally and and the ramps have become you know, filled up very quickly. So a lot of our uh, previous customers had to um, kind of get, get to the ramp earlier than what they had normally, you know, done in the past just to make sure that they got in the water. Um, I, we actually noticed in Orlando here that a couple of the ramps, they had full-time police people there because there was so much traffic and new boat owners, you know, there's aggravation. There's you know people that are experienced, and then there's the new boat owners, and they take more time. And um, then storms roll in. So, yeah, there it's it's a learning curve. And um, but you know we're excited to have all these new boat owners. You know some of the things that that we do as a dealer. Um, a few years ago, I helped uh, the WSIA, the Water Sports Industry Association, develop a... Um, Awake responsibly quiz that that uh, we use in our dealership you know, nearly on every every delivery to make sure that that these uh, new boat owners and even the previous boat owners that they're aware of the, the rules and the laws of the of the of the lake um, ensure that everybody has a good experience on the water. Another big thing that that we do is um, we really emphasize on. Every new and used boat that we sell um, goes to the water with the customer. Um, There's two things there. One, that it ensures that everything on the boat is working properly, and also that the customer uh, gets the right experience on the water, and and we educate them on boating laws, on how to load, unload, um, just just enhance that customer experience, um, which in turn, strengthens our, uh, our viewer-customer
0: relationship. Thanks for, for detailing some of those uh, efforts, and, and we certainly appreciate those. Bill, have, I mean, you spend lots of time in the water. I've happened to, to wake surf with you uh, in Orlando. H- have you seen any, any changes in, in boating behavior in, in terms of uh, the, the impact from some of these new boaters? First of all, you're right. There's a lot of
1: lot of new boaters on the water, but I believe our dealers like Jeff have just really done an exceptional job under really challenging situations with a lot of new people coming into the market in a short season um, mm-hmm. through much of the country and preparing the boaters to be on the water, giving them information. Our companies have partnered with WSIA and WSF, you know, for many years to provide information you know, to new boaters. And So, you know, and I believe the dealer's really done an exceptional job on that, specifically on the ramps. I think one of the things that is, it's not really, it's it's usually categorized as more of an access issue than a safety issue, but just boating infrastructure and having, you know, the additional ramps, um, you know, just create, is a safety issue too. And it provides additional safety without having so many people trying to congest through a small number of ramps. But Overall, we've not seen a significant issue, and I really give a lot of the credit to the dealers and the dealer dealers are on the front lines who are preparing yeah.
0: people to be on the water. I'm always kind of aware when when I'm at a, at a ramp, uh, particularly a congested one on a weekend. That uh, hey, if there's if there's somewhere where I can where I can jump in and, and lend a hand, I certainly can. So uh, as as you know people who who love the industry and and want people to have a good experience i think that's something that we can all do bill let's go back to you and, and talk about the engine cutoff switch a new federal law that went into effect on april 1st uh, from a manure I, I know it certainly doesn't apply to all boats but uh from a manufacturer's perspective uh give us your take on on the law and, and what kind of feedback are are you seeing and hearing in the industry
1: What's important? I mean, using the engine cutoff switch is something that can potentially, potentially save lives. We know that it's not a, it's not the biggest issue, and Jim right. could speak to that better right. than I. It's not the biggest concern, but it is something that's important. We encourage people to do it. You know, in some, we have a, you know, we have several, we have multiple fishing boat companies, mm-hmm. and particularly in the freshwater fishing boat companies, it's much more accepted, and yeah. not even accepted, but expected than yeah. it is in some yeah. of the other segments of the industry but you know it's smart thing to do we encourage
0: people to do it yeah uh jim bill mentioned that talking about data you have the data to back up you know what you refer to as throttle down boat operator ejections how optimistic are you that the new law will begin to make an impact bring those numbers down and and have you seen any evidence of that uh impact happening already
2: well, I'm very optimistic that it will help in the in the boating safety world. Uh, it, you know, if it becomes normal that everyone uses their engine cutoff switch lanyard, um, <clears throat> then we would we wouldn't see these uh, throttle down ejections like we're talking about. You know, Bill mentioned the fishing boat companies that <clears throat> where it's more normal mm-hmm. uh, in that market, and and I think that's due to the fact that they got a lower freeboard, and you're you're a little more likely to fall out of uh, a bass boat than you are out of say. You know, a antique uh, wake surfing boat, but um, so the, it's it's all about perception of risk. You know, does the captain feel like that there's some risk they may get ejected from the boat, and and in a in a bass boat that may be more um, <clears throat> more the reason why they might be using an engine cutoff switch uh, more readily, or you know, more than other um, types of boats. But I again, I'm very optimistic um, that you know they've enacted this law and. I think that over time we'll we'll, we'll we will see some um, some metrics that will help us that will show us that these things are helping with recreational boating safety. The problem with the with the whole system is that the the US Coast Guard's data collection and then reporting is about sometimes it can be 2 years behind right. it can be a year right. to 2 years behind. Right. And, and so we, won't, we certainly don't know anything about what's going on since April 1st. It's just way, way too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the numbers for 2022 will probably be released in June of 23. And okay. we might see that perhaps it was less of these types of accidents,
0: um, you know, in that report. But it'll, it, will be, it won't be until then. But you're certainly hopeful and optimistic that, that it will make an impact on, on that, correct? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, and the same thing could be said about life jacket wear. Um, you know, I was a boater all my life before I before I actually got into the safety business. And, you know, I had the life jackets on the boat like we always were required to, but never thought about wearing one until, you know, I saw the accidents that occur where mm-hmm. suddenly you're 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 not in your boat anymore. And right. if you don't if you don't have your life jacket already on, you're you're going to have a really tough time. Getting one on. In fact, we just did a video. It hasn't quite yet been released. It should come out next week, where we took uh, four people of different sizes uh, up to um, um, a quarry um, um, up north here of, of Orlando, and um, asked them to jump in the water and put a timer on them. Really? Uh, to put a life jacket on while they're in the water. And even the most fit of the people, it was still a very frustrating, difficult thing to do. So uh, that's why we like to say you should always wear a life jacket. And with the new lightweight inflatable life jackets, you don't even know you have them on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just had one on. I did a little bit of uh, boating right in front of the Statue of Liberty in the middle of the Hudson last week and uh, uh, had one of those uh, uh, very unobtrusive PFDs on and uh, even matched my shirt. So uh, uh, it. It is very very easy to uh, to use and, and put on and had a couple of people posted the picture on LinkedIn. Had several people actually take note of the fact that I was wearing the the PFD. So uh, uh, yeah, uh, definitely no no more excuses in terms of the the, the big bulky orange things that uh, uh, constricting your neck are, are long gone and, and definitely a thing of the past. Jeff, let's go back to you as a on the on the dealer side. You know during the height of COVID. Uh, demand was crazy trying to get as many boats in the water as possible. Um, you know, the, the delivery process, the, the demo process might've been impacted a little bit. You already mentioned some of the things that you do in your stores specifically to, to address the, the, the delivery and demo process. How much do you talk, uh, about safe boating with your staff, how much do you hear them talk about it? Is are people, our customers, generally receptive to hearing the safety message? Just kind of give us a little take about your experience at the dealership in terms of uh, both your staff and, and the customers' receptiveness. Sure. Well, that,
3: uh, David, that's a you know, safe boating is a, is I think is one of the fundamentals of longevity of, of the industry. You know if there's a uh, negative press or accidents that happen that impact all of us. So, safe boating is huge with with what we do at our dealerships, um, and that is one of the reasons why we do you know, the, every new and used boat um, delivery in the water. Um, uh, the lake responsibly quiz. Um, we, we also include. If they don't have a Coast Guard kit, we include it with every new boat that we sell. Um, We find that out ahead of time and make sure that that the customer has a good experience and they have the proper equipment in their boat and they take delivery. Um, Another, a bigger segment that we run into in in Florida is probably moving to other areas of the country, but um, there are more bilingual people Buying, uh, buying both Hispanics, and we have shifted our staff over the last three or four years to uh, have people like the Filipino Cruz here, who he speaks you know both Spanish and Portuguese, and when when needed on those deliveries, you know, then then we adjust uh, the people to, to deliver accordingly. So we make sure we're we're giving the proper message across to the We just think that safe boating and and understanding the operations of a vessel is instrumental to our success and to the industry's success.
0: Thanks for that, Jeff. Uh, and Bill, let's go back to you and, and, uh, Con- kind of continue the the PFD discussion and it's so looking at at some of uh, Jim's statistics and in the vast majority of of boating fatalities where the cause of death was determined the vast majority drowned and over seventy five percent of that group was not wearing a life jacket or PFD kind of a sub you know specific subset of safe boating how has the the industry addressed this and and do you think that Safe boating message kind of starts with the the boat builders. Give me your give me your take on that and kind of what, what you've done in the industry. I mean,
1: I mean, everybody has to be involved in the yeah. safe boating message. And you know, as, as Jim said, and as as the data backs up, you know, a high percentage, particularly of deaths, could be prevented, you know, if people were, were willing to wear their life jackets. And I think part of it, David, too, I think there's a connection here with whether you're going to use your cutoff switch, whether you're going to use the life jacket. And, you know, one thing I think we'd be remiss not to bring up is, um, you know, alcohol. Yeah. And, you know, if you're, what we've seen is um, when there's accidents that have been with our boats, where somebody hasn't been, use their cutoff switch, um, often they're not in a position to be making smart decisions on the water anyway. So, you know, we try really hard to encourage people. Don't, you know, we all have designated drivers if we go out, you know, on a Saturday night you know, do not operate a boat. You know, you, your decisions are going to be so much smarter. And I see, you know, on our lake where I live in Central Florida, I see people, you know, either on their personal watercraft and their, or their wakeboarding without life jackets. And I just, I think to myself, you know, I, I just want to go over there and shake them a little and say, what are you doing? You know, you're you're risking your life over nothing. And so we, we try to have the message. We try to have a message through all of our boat companies we try to push that down through our dealers. And thankfully, you know, we've got a lot of great dealers like Jeff who make that important uh, to our customers.
0: You, and and I, Jim, I want to go back to you on this, but Bill brought up a really important point uh, about alcohol use, the, the leading contributing factor in fatal boating accidents. You know, as a, as a culture, we've, we have accepted the fact that we have designated drivers on the road. We have, you know, we have, you know, kind of cast a, uh, Uh, dispersions on people who, who drink and drive uh, yet alcohol use in many cases seems to go hand in hand with, with boating. I see pictures that people post on the internet all the time of boating and, and they have, you know, drinks in their hands. What do, so that, that requires not only a behavior change, but a mindset change. Mm -hmm. How do, how do we go about that?
2: Well, David, Unfortunately, behavior change is is something that takes a lot of time, a lot of hard work, and, and a lot of money. And uh, we, you know, we've been working on this now 11 years. But I will tell you that some of the people I've talked to in this in this business, um, the younger people, when when we bring it up uh, to them, would you would you get in an automobile um, with the driver of the automobile um, with a cooler of beer? you know, let's say the center console and, and, you know, the driver pulling out beers and passing them around, would you get yeah. in a car with that person? And the yeah. younger people say, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I remember when my kids became old enough to drive, they are like, dad, we Uber, wherever we go, we just get an Uber. And of course that wasn't available back in our, in our generations, but it is now. um And that whole cultural change has occurred in the, in the, in the auto industry. Now there's still, there's still a lot of um, accidents that are caused by uh, alcohol or impairment in, in automobiles, but the numbers have gone down dramatically. But it's still a cultural norm for people to bring a cooler full of beer or alcoholic drinks on a boat. What we are trying to establish is the same thing that's been established in the automobile industry, which is have a designated driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, a sober skipper is uh, a program that's that's been uh, um, used by you know one of our fellow nonprofit organizations, the CETO Foundation, and we like to promote that all the time. We promote it everywhere we can. Designate a sober skipper to make sure they get everybody on your boat, on your vessel, back to the dock safely. And you know you do it in a car, but um, so many times, unfortunately, we don't see people doing it in a boat. And it is the leading uh, where where the known cause of an accident with a fatality is where it's known. It's the leading contributing factor factor to that accident, alcohol or impairment. So uh, that's something that, like Bill said a minute ago, we could certainly um, save a lot of lives if we could if we could just you know get people to wear
0: life jackets, get people to to avoid impairment behind the wheel. I know we've, we've just kind of touched on this broadly. Uh, we just did. We're all passionate longtime boaters believe that boating to be an inherently safe and enjoyable activity. And likely most people listening to this podcast will be involved or are involved in the industry in some form or fashion. Uh, Bill and Jeff, what, what can each of us do individually just on our own grassroots level on a, on a micro or macro level to, to make boating safer, safer. Yeah. Thanks,
3: David. Um, You know, there. Even the uh, the one-on-one contact. You know, when when I'm out on the lake and I I see somebody that's impaired, or or somebody that's sitting on the transom of the boat, Mm -hmm. not wearing a life jacket. You know, just seeing it in a in a nice, kind manner. Hey, you know, I'm in the boat business. I care about what happens out here. Really appreciate you to wear a life jacket. you know, small small things like that. The bigger things we do, you know, in the dealership, obviously. Um, another thing we do here is, is I'm partnered with a, a former um, Orlando boat dealer um, that was in a, a really bad accident. And he started a not-for-profit, ride dry, drive dry. And he's promoting a you know, similar thing like what like Jim referred to as a sober skipper. Mm-hmm. He's in a promotion with all of our grassroots um, high-high wake and surf and wake series that we promote, um, which is in front of all the younger generation. Um, we promote them at the boat show. Um, we promote uh, Kathy Williams, the competent captain, um, at boat shows, and a lot of our customers work with them. So, you know, overall, uh, you know, we got to do it at our dealership level. It's always great at a national level, and, uh, certainly a lot of people like to like to drink in a boat that's pastime, but
0: mm-hmm. doing it doing it a smart way is probably the best yeah bill you spend a lot of time in the water do you uh, do you kind of take it on yourself to to point things out every once in a while i i know you know you don't want to wreck anybody's fun but uh <laughs> what's your take on this
1: yeah you don't want to wreck anybody's fun but you don't want anybody to yeah get exactly. hurt or lose yeah. their life either yeah. you know i I think we have a model that we use really on anything that we're trying to reinforce. And, and that's, you know, identify what's important, you know, and here we've identified, you know, use your cutoff switch, yeah. wear a life jacket yeah. and be sober when you're running yeah. a boat. And then you communicate it over and over and over again to your tires saying it and they're tired of hearing <laughs> it. And yeah, then yeah. you model it. And like Jeff said, you know, you were out there on the water, we have to model it. And, you know, people are going to, you know we're, we're high vis, highly visible and we're on the water people know that we're in the boating business sir. Yep. and uh, so we have to model it so you know, know what's important those three things we've talked about communicate it and then model
0: it let's leave you with a quote uh it's from u.s coast guard's verne gifford quote we should all be excited that boating is much safer than walking on our nation's streets the fact is more people per 100,000 pedest- die in pedestrian accidents each year than die in boating act- accidents. Boating is a very safe activity. I know it's something we all love. Uh, we love to enjoy it. We love to return from the lake and uh, make sure that that everyone else around us has enjoyed it as well. And I've enjoyed this podcast thanks for being with us Jim Emmons executive director water sports foundation Bill Jurgen, president and CEO of correct craft and Jeff Hughesby president and CEO of water sports central thanks for all your efforts to make boating safer and thanks for being on our on our podcast today thank you David thank you David. thank you you, Jeff yeah and thank you for joining us as well I'm David G for boating industry insider we'll see you on the water take care everyone Thanks again for listening to this edition of Boating Industry Insider. We'd love your feedback or let us know if you have any ideas for future episodes. Happy voting!